pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 323. Today I'm going to chat with Jeremy from Black Collar Arms and the truth about guns. Discuss the ATF's recent losses in court, highlight a new Glock, and talk about a bathroom theft you're not going to believe. I'm your host, Ava Flynn. I think you're doing pretty good so far, Ava. <laughs> I like it. And here's Jeremy, who, guys, I apologize. He is sick. And, well, lately, I fly by the seat of my pants with my life. And he was like, can we reschedule? And I was like, no, Jeremy, I don't plan that much ahead. I need to show for this Monday. So I don't care what you got to uh-huh. do. Pull yourself together. But you are coming on the show. <laughs> but... Also, yeah, the show must go on. It it's does. Easy to say when you're not the sick one. So I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm here. But so, guys, I talked about it in my last episode that I was like, "Oh, future me, I hope has a really great vacation." You know, because I was I was going to Florida and I went to Florida last week and it was freaking amazing. Everything I needed, fish for three days straight. But that said, because I was on a boat for three days, I have vertigo so bad, and it's been like six days now that I've been off that damn boat. And I still feel like I'm on the boat, like I'm rocking back and forth. I just woke up this morning. I mean, I even the other day I was going shopping. I had to leave because I kept bumping into stuff. It's like so bad and you can't really think that well and you feel all like fuzzy brained. So I don't know, you know, hopefully this turns out to be a good show because I feel like it's the blind leading the blind here. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my. Yeah, it's going to be great. It'll be fun. But before yeah, we, we're, we're, so we're both at like 50%. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I think I'm more like awesome. 30. <laughs> okay. So combined, we're like almost a functional person. Uh, I'd say combined, we're probably 50%. <laughs> yeah. <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we start talking about everything that you do and getting to know you... Talking about BSF barrels, which you actually have some experience with, with uh, black collar arms, right? Yeah, extensive. Okay, so tell me about it. Oh, sure. Um, you know, we make, I mean, we'll get into it later, obviously, but we make pretty compact, lightweight, like hunting and tactical rifles. And BSF is a perfect match for that. They make some of the lightest barrels on the entire market. A lot of the carbon fiber barrels really aren't that much lighter than like a fluted steel because of how they make it. BSF does it a different way. They're super stiff like a bull barrel, but they're as light as like a teeny little pencil barrel. Um, so they're super accurate. They don't move when they get hot. When, when we build like a 12-inch barrel length 6.5 Creedmoor, I expect those to be quarter-minute guns. And that's that's five shot groups. That's not three. They're shooters. They look really sexy and they're super light. So that's why we use them for our like premium uh, lightweight builds. Nice. And I had no idea. That's awesome. If you guys want to check out BSF Barrels, head on over bsfbarrels.com. Use the coupon code ELITE15. That's E-L-I-T-E-1-5, no spaces. You're going to get 15% off your entire order. And I definitely don't think you're going to regret this purchase because their barrels are freaking awesome. I wonder if that code will work on my dealer pricing. Yeah, you should try it. You should ask that. <laughs> I will. I will. Be like, yeah, so make sure you like twirl your hair though in between your fingers and be like, so I'm friends with Ava and uh <laughs> that'll yeah, be funny. Uh, friends is a strong word, but yes, yeah, sir. 
yeah acquaintances just be like look oh, we're, okay. yeah, yeah yeah we are both on the struggle bus trying to create a decent show together and as a result <laughs> it made us acquaintances <laughs> Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So, Jeremy, uh, so you are co-owner of Black Color Arms and then deputy editor of The Truth About Guns. But before we get into all of that, I'm curious about your background and like what got you into the industry. Yeah, um, good question. And if you hear any weird, like sudden silences from me, that's that's muting, so I can call. Oh, okay. I was like, so I was like, man, you're just as quick on your feet as I am today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've been shooting since I was a little kid, and uh, lived in California for a while for college and stuff. That was a struggle for firearms, but I I owned a few. Did some competitor shooting down there. Moved back to Washington State, where I'm from. And really got into shooting full time, started doing some YouTube stuff. Um, and I realized no one was going to see my YouTube channel unless I kind of put it somewhere where eyeballs were. So I wrote some reviews, submitted them to Truth About Guns, embedded my video in there. And after I think two of those, they were like, hey, you're, you're pretty good at writing these gun reviews. You want to do this and we'll pay you for the review. So I started writing gun reviews full time back in about 2012 or early 2013, uh, became the testing and reviews editor for TTAG and then became an actual editor, editor a few years ago. So doing that, being on the media side of the industry and the like testing and review side of the industry, I have basically all the products in the industry coming through my hands and lots of early stuff, you know, six to nine months before it hits the market when it's still a beta, getting products, the company saying, hey, what do you think we can change about this? Make it better, make it more appealing. And having seen what's popular on the truth about guns, what people read, what people say in the comments, uh, I had a lot of feedback for these companies and that became a big part of my job was, was doing that. And at some point, uh, Chris, who founded and co-started Black Collar Arms and I were like, you know, instead of kind of for free giving all of this, these ideas to companies, like we know what people are looking for, let's, let's make some of this stuff. And I had previously owned a car parts company where I designed and contract manufactured car parts, race car parts. And so I was familiar on the manufacturing side and the design side. And we, we started going, we, we, you know, have a ton of ideas. We're a tiny company. We bootstrapped it with basically nothing. So we actually had with our engineer, who was a bench rest competitive shooter, MIT engineer guy, we had a catalog of like 15 completely finished engineered, ready to make products with technical data packages. And we started with one and we're kind of slowly organically growing from there so that answers your question interesting that's cool and so it's just your engineer that has a degree from mit you guys both don't correct we don't i have a finance degree which i've never ever used okay okay cool that's pretty cool mit is a really good school and black collar arms was essentially announced in was it like back in 2019 yeah we kicked it off that year we did pre-orders on our pork so chassis to kind of fund the first production run of it. And that, that went great. You know, looking back on that, we probably would have done things differently. We're still figuring it out. We're becoming a real company now, but it was, it was a side job. You know, I was, I, I had a good career in the tech industry. I maintained that until like halfway through COVID, I quit that and started doing black collar full time. 
Uh, now we have a couple of off machines in-house. We're making our own parts. Uh, we're going to have a couple more starting in like February and then another one in March and then a big mill. So we're, we're really doing it for real. Mm-hmm. It's been a struggle growing organically. You know, it, it took us longer than we expected. But but yes, we we launched in 2019 with that chassis and that is our bread and butter product. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so the Pork Sword, to my knowledge, is one of the few bull action pistols around. And I'm guessing that you guys named it, you know, because you designed it maybe for like pig hunting in mind? Yes, of course. Pork sword is not a euphemism for anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that was kind of one of our philosophies when we started the company was that the, the gun industry can be a little bit self-serious and a little stodgy. And we wanted to take the products really seriously and the, the design and the functionality of them really seriously, but not take ourselves very seriously and have some fun with the marketing and have some fun with the name. So most of our products have kind of silly names, some of them a lot worse than Pork Sword. And, but at the same time, yes, it, it is true that it really was designed with kind of Texas hog hunting and such in mind. We wanted to make the shortest, most compact, yet effective bolt action hunting firearm that you can use in a blind or in a side-by-side or like hiking through the Texas brush. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also been, especially in the last year, really picking up steam with uh, tactical response teams and SWAT type teams uh, because they can carry it in a really small bag or briefcase even. Mm-hmm. Um, their engagements aren't that long, but when we do, for instance, a 10 inch 308, which is what's going to SWAT teams more and more, that is usually a half MOA gun and it will hold that out to 800 yards. Huh. It's, it's effective on deer, it holds over a thousand foot pounds of energy on deer to about 500 yards. They're shooters. You can do anything with a 10 inch 308 that most people do. Most people won't take a deer out to 500 yards. You know, they consider that too far for mm-hmm. the wind and to be able to really reliably make an accurate shot. So why are you going to run a 24 inch barrel and a 12 pound gun when you can run a 10 inch barrel and a five and a half pound gun? Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. Because I was going to say, depending on like some of the configurations, like some of the pork swords are only five pounds, which is incredibly light for a bull action firearm. And I'm thinking of like, you know, maybe a few of your competitors too, where I own some of their guns. And, you know, typically when you're like thinking long range bull action, you want some weight behind it. But what people don't realize is if you are using it for hunting, you're carrying that gun more than you're shooting it. And so you are going to appreciate the lightness of it. And it's just one of those things that you kind of just have to practice because it's definitely different shooting a lighter weight gun than shooting a much heavier gun, in my opinion. But yeah, so that's pretty incredible, though. Only five pounds. Yeah, I mean, when we launched the company, well, when we launched firearms, because we started with just the chassis, you know, expecting people would be building their own firearms on our chassis. After getting more and more requests of, can I just buy a full gun from you? We started making them in 2021. And when we first put them out, you know, the, all the comments on Instagram and wherever else were like a 10 inch 308. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? The, yeah. It's going to group like a shotgun. The bullet's going to land on the ground, you know, 40 feet in front of me. And that's just not the case. And uh, we don't get that anymore. I haven't seen that for a couple of years, really. The truth is the, a short barrel is a super, super stiff barrel. <laughs> so the effects of like barrel harmonics, which is that kind of like whipping that happens in it as the bullet travels down the barrel are just hugely reduced. It, it's like having just the thickest bull barrel you can imagine. 
So it's less ammo picky because the harmonics are really drastically reduced. It loses a little bit of velocity. It's less than you would think, but it actually gains in accuracy. So these guns are just awesome and they're super handy. I've gone on a bunch of hunts around Texas and I, I get to the ranch with that little shorty and the guy, uh, the, you know, they're kind of big, they're ranch owners. They've owned that ranch for two generations or whatever. They're generally pretty traditional. And they look at that thing and they're like, I don't know if I want to let you hunt with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the first time that happened, I took an odd ad at 298 yards, dropped it right in its tracks. And uh, if it was an inch in any direction, it would have been a worse shot. And they were like, oh my God. And then the the owner, the guy who was like the hunting guide on that property, and this is, you know, one of six of these exact same stories. He borrows it, rides around in the side-by-side, and he realizes, I can swing this from left to right in the side-by-side. I can have it next to me and I can lift it up and shoot straight out the front. Um, all of a sudden, like, you don't have to jump out of it with your rifle because it doesn't hit the roll bars and everything. Yeah. It's just, um, it's, it's so convenient. And when you realize it's actually just as effective as a 24-inch barrel, there's no reason not to do it. The only reason is you want to get the absolute maximum range out of a cartridge that you possibly can. So now we've shot our 12-inch pre-morph to a mile with great reliability. But, you know, if you want that extra 300 foot per second so you can really stretch it out as far as possible, then run a longer barrel. And if you're hunting your, you know, a thousand yards is enough for you, don't. Like a 12-inch pre-morph is supersonic to 1,120 yards. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a lot more capable than people think. Yeah. So we make 16-inch rifles as well, of course. Um, most of our business now is 16 inch rifles, but I still love the shorties. Yeah, absolutely. And they have a really cool look to them. I'm going to take a quick break Mm -hmm. to talk about gators. You actually use gators iPro, correct? I do. Yeah, I have for a couple of years. Okay. So I was just on their website last night and I noticed that their entire website is 40% off, which is a hell of a deal. So, for example, like skyhooks that I use every day, like my everyday, you know, driving, if I just even want to look cool in my sunglasses, when I was fishing, I was wearing the skyhooks. They're only $99 right now. There's a bunch of others like Magnums, uh, 108, the photochromic Magnums, 153, polarized Deltas, 135, anti-fog Raptors, 162. So today is like, or now is a great time to get gators. I don't think that my code applies to get an additional 15% off, but I would really appreciate it if you guys used the URL gators.com forward slash Ava 15. And I don't get credit for the stuff that you guys buy, but gators will then see, okay, cool. You know, they used her URL and they'll continue to sponsor me, which I greatly appreciate because I really love gators. And I've just been, you know, the longer that I've used it, the more impressed I am with their stuff. And even like the skyhooks, like I throw those in my purse. I don't even keep them in a like a carrying case. And like they haven't even gotten scratched. Like I'm just like, man, these things can take a beating. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like kind of waiting. I'm like, eh, you know, well, let's we'll oh just see God. how much I could put them through the ringer. And yeah, they're, you know, all I do is occasionally clean yeah. them. And, you know, especially if I'm like on a dusty range or something like that. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. They're really impressive. 
I switched between a couple of their Wayfair style ones with different color lenses. One of them, I, I had custom Cerakoted all the frame uh, to match some guns that I have. So that looks super cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they're aluminum frames. They're actually CNC mills from like solid aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, so they Cerakote really nicely. So it's, um, it's multi-cam bronze and it just looks cool. Ooh, dang. Yeah, that sounds nice. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, don't forget to use that URL, gators.com forward slash Ava15. Something that I was thinking about with the Pork Sword, and we'll talk about some of the other products that you have as well, but because the Pork Sword would essentially be considered a pistol, I wonder if, you know how like in some states, in Colorado included, you can't have a rifle in your vehicle loaded, but you can have a pistol. So it's kind of interesting. Not saying that you guys should, you know... I mean, really, the reason for that is because of poaching restrictions and they don't want people to hunt out of their vehicle. Like, let's say they went on a a hunting trip and, you know, they were unsuccessful and on their way back, they saw a deer and they're like, cool, I'm just going to grab my gun real quick and shoot it. So that was kind of the reason for it. But in some ways, like this could be loaded. And I mean, I'm not saying people should hunt from their vehicle, (laughs) but just kind of a little. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, though. That that is why that log, they want people like, rolling around with a rifle in their car or looking to poach animals, uh, I guess is why that law exists in, in a lot of states, like many, many states. But for concealed carry and self-defense purposes, if you have a pistol, obviously it's allowed to be loaded. So for some ranchers and stuff, one of the reasons they wanted to have a pistol legally was so that they could be rolling around the property with it loaded and staying compliant with the law and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of a niche thing. I don't know how many pistols we sold specifically because of that i know yeah. there were a few yeah um but yeah so we we do if you go on our website there's a custom gun builder and i think the first question on there is do you want to build a rifle do you want to build a pistol or do you want to build an sbr so we can do it either way and i most of the pistols that we sell now i know we're going to talk about brace stuff because there's been a lot of news in that but during the time when pistol braces were a big you know common thing we would sell pistols and people would put a pistol brace on them and they'd use them as a pistol. The last year, most of our pistols have been sold with the intent of the person filing a form one to SBR it and then putting a stock on the back of it and, and having it as a short barreled rifle. So we, we get a pistol order and then, you know, a month later or whatever, we get an order for our folding stock and they put them together after the form one is approved and, and make a shorty rifle, which mm-hmm. again, that's my favorite configuration for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I've been curious as to how much of a hit the industry has taken with any of the pistol rifles, you know, pistol flash rifles that they're selling because of the brace. And I mean, even myself included, recently I got a gun that you either need to put a, you know, a brace or a, a stock on it. And I'm just like, uh, well, even though things have just kind of cleared a little bit, there's been a nationwide injunction. And we'll talk about this later on, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know if I want to put a brace on it, you know, because it's not completely finalized. Like, and I've heard that ATF is coming after people still with braces. But I'm curious, like, yeah, you know, I don't know how drastically sales have declined as far as, you know, buying pistols that are with rifle calibers. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, dramatically, it, it it absolutely has. Some of that is because most of the companies that make them stop. Uh, I mean, you couldn't buy braces for the last year. Yeah. Uh, all the big distributors stopped carrying them. All the big distributors and manufacturers that made pistols like what we make stopped selling them, or they stopped selling them with a brace. And then it's like 
you know, without a brace, it doesn't really work. It's a unwieldy kind of a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I know. I the so, same, so we same continued with, selling them. Yeah. Same with the gun that I got. I'm like, cool. Am I going to just shoot this without a stock or a brace? Because it's, you know, that's going to be fun. Right. Like, I don't even know how to shoot this <laughs> thing. It's, you know. A lot of that is aesthetic too. You know, people want guns that look cool and sometimes look like the ones that they use in the military or elsewhere. And those are short barreled rifles. So yeah. you can get that aesthetic by doing a pistol with a brace on the back without the brace, without something on the back. It just, it looks so front heavy. It's very like lopsided. So I think it's both a practical thing, obviously to make it shootable. And it's also an aesthetic thing. Yeah. And that's why those brace pistols were selling so well. Yeah. You guys have also kind of branched off into the suppressor market and have even created guns with intricately suppressed versions, correct? Yeah, that's right. And that's called the SBD. Uh, SBD, another little fun name that we did. I love, I, I mean, if I can shoot suppressed, the gun will, you know, accept a suppressor. I'm going to. There's no reason ever not to. And doing it integral to the gun is just very, very cool. There's a lot of benefits to it. And we made, I think, one of the handiest, coolest looking, quietest suppressed rifles on the market. Uh, as part of my truth about gun side, I did all the silencer reviews. I've been on silencer shops, SOT, for instance, since like 2014. I've, I've shot, I think, every silencer on the market on all sorts of different setups. And I kid you not, our SBD is the quietest center fire rifle caliber gun I have ever shot in my entire life. In 308, it is insane. With 308 subsonic ammo, it, it just sounds, it, it might be quieter than dry firing because when you dry fire, you've got that firing pin just hitting the steel bolt head. Mm-hmm. And when you fire it, it's hitting, you know, a brass primer. Wow. So it's a little softer thud. It, it, it just sounds like nothing happened. It sounds like a misfire. It's crazy, crazy quiet. Wow. I have to say, I'm on your website right now, and I love all of your guys' designs. Like, just, you know, I mean, they work well, but then it also just has, like, a really cool aesthetic to it, which I think a lot of people would appreciate. And I know a lot of people are like, guns are tools. It doesn't matter what they look like. But at the end of the day, like, I think a lot of us, you know, looks play a huge role in in what we decide to purchase. And, you know, your stuff just looks really cool. Tell me about some of the other guns that you guys offer. Uh, sure. Well, I guess just still on the SBD for a second, I think the point of integrally suppressing something is that you're not adding the length of a silencer onto the end of an existing rifle. It, if you're going to have something really long, you may as well just use a removable silencer that you can use on multiple guns. So our SBD hit like 16.1 inches of barrel length. So it, it hits that legal rifle length, but it's suppressed inside of that length. So Basically, you got a super quiet suppressed gun that is no longer than a 16 inch rifle. So that's the point of that gun. Mm. Um, and then other than that, it all starts with our pork short chassis. We wanted to make the smallest, most minimalist chassis possible to hold a Remington 700 footprint action. And then everything else is modular. So there's a Picatinny rail on the front and a Picatinny rail on the back. And that allows you to bolt different forward accessories onto the front. We got multiple hand guards. Uh, minimalist far end that's the forward accessory rod and then obviously folding stocks fixed stocks you can bolt on pistol braces you can bolt on stocks and other manufacturers you can bolt on a buffer tube adapter running ar stock we wanted the customer to be able to kind of build their own bolt gun and really make it theirs so and, and that that's a theme that runs through a lot of our products is that modularity so people can buy 
I guess, whatever you like the base unit and then bolt on what they want. Um, we do have a complete ground up fresh firearm design coming out next year called the MBA or the modern bolt action. It's a straight pull bolt action and it uses a lot of AR 10 components. Again, we're going to sell that as a builder kit. So that will be just the proprietary kind of mandatory parts that you need to make an MBA, which is upper and lower receivers and the bolt carrier, which has all of the cool camming mechanisms and everything for the straight action. And then basically everything else is AR-10. So the, the bolt head, the magazine, the trigger, the barrel, you won't need a gas block, but we'll, we'll make a little blocker so you can block your gas ports. Or we have barrels that just don't have the gas port. Uh, the handguard, all that stuff, AR-10. So you can really, really customize that gun. Nice. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking oh. at even just how you guys customize the guns that you have available now. And so, yeah, sure enough, you select the gun type, orientation, bolt knob, chamber, barrel type, barrel length, barrel fluting, barrel contour. I mean, everything. Even uh, chassis. It's like a, like a car configurator. You know, go on Ford and you like build your whatever. You can have um, so much fun with we that. we had in mind with that. And yeah, there, we do 23 different chamberings. So really, you can come out of that custom gun configurator and get something that no one else has made before pretty easily. You know, the, the downside of that, it takes a few months to put that gun together. Now that we've got manufacturing in-house, we're bringing those lead times down and down and down. Our, our goal is to have a ton of stuff that's actually in stock, ready to buy. Up until recently, we've been, everything's been totally custom, um, you know, made to order. Hmm. We're working on changing that. Shoulder stocks are available on their own folding stocks. There are pick rail clamping stocks that they'll fit on tons and tons of guns. Our shoulder stock is lightweight and awesome. Our AR-15 grip that we came out with called the Priapus grip is the best grip on the market for sure. I know I'm biased, maybe, but I say that as someone who has used literally every single one on the market. We get a lot of emails from people saying that, but we basically took a precision rifle shape of a grip, a more vertical angle, but scaled it down. Those ones are kind of, they're made for hand positioning. They're not really made to grab. So we, we made it smaller in diameter in particular. So you can actually grab it you can run and gun with it. You can drive your gun with it and you know swing it around by the grip, but it has that shape that's really good for hand positioning and precision, and it just works. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So if you're running it on a PRS rifle, it feels great. If you're running it on a shorty little you know home defense PDW-style thing, it feels great, and, and everything in between. The other cool feature, and we're doing this on multiple products, is that instead of having texture molded into it, it has these flat, recessed field like smooth recessed field and we have skateboard grip tape that we laser cut and you apply the grip tape into those fields there's different colors of grip tape there's different textures of grip tape so you actually have skateboard style sandpaper which is super grippy no matter what and then there's like rubber pebble which is grippy but it's also soft and it feels good uh, so you can completely customize that grip to hmm. what you want on there on my guns especially my like hunting rifles I put rubber on the side that touches my body when I have it on the sling and skateboard on the other three faces. Mm -hmm. And that way the rubber won't kind of like scratch or close your skin, but then the skateboard gives you all that grip. And that comes from kind of the competition shooting world where a bunch of those people run skateboard grip tape on their pistols and their rifles. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome. Huh. And if you go on Amazon, you know, there's thousands of different colors and patterns of skateboard grip tape. So like for July 4th, we did a stars and stripe grip tape one. And um, 
on the website, actually, it's a good reminder. I've been meaning to put a PDF on the grip tape page on the website that you can print out on your printer and it has the shapes. So if you want to buy your own grip tape and put that little paper on it and then just trace it out, you can cut your own grip tape inserts. So we're, we're doing a magazine as well. The magazine also has the recess fields for grip tape. And if we do like a, you know, vertical forward grip or other stuff in the future, maybe handguards, whatever, we may continue that theme where you can do swappable grip tape panels. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And those are, those are five bucks. So if you want to like, oh, cool, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day and they're doing, you know, green clover leaf grip tape because they're silly. Like, you know, it's five bucks. The shipping, I think, is 40 cents because we put it in an envelope and we'll send you out the grip tape set. Very cool. And then lastly, one last question, talking about black collar arms. So what about the Desperado? What can you tell us about that? Hmm. That might actually be my favorite thing that we've done. Uh, if anyone's still listening after hearing this voice for 20 minutes or whatever, <laughs> um, Desperado. So I was at a concert, right? Uh, Kingfish Ingram. And he was, he had a really cool custom guitar strap. And it was big and thick and like hand tool leather. It was awesome. And when he switched between guitars, he played like six guitars at this concert. He unclicked the guitar strap from one and clicked it onto another. And I was like, I wonder what kind of mechanism that uses because it was clearly locking. Like I could see him do something. It was fast. And I'm, you know, these are like $30,000 guitars or whatever, right? And they're heavy. So we pulled that up. I went to Guitar Center and like learned all about it. And uh, it's actually a really cool QD system that's not that different from what we use on rifles. You, you know, your push button QD socket system. So Desperado does the little lug that goes on your guitar and it attaches that lug to your firearm. So we have a lug that goes into a QD socket. We have a lug that goes on M-Lock. We have a lug that goes on any rail. We have one that straps on. So however you attach something, or a sling, basically any sling point on your firearm, now you can attach that lug that the guitar strap lock hooks onto. Then you take your guitar strap and your guitar strap lock and you run a guitar strap as a rifle sling. And so, you know, to determine if this was a good idea, like we got a couple of really cheap guitar straps off Amazon and just spent days hiking around the Texas ranches and carried heavy rifles for hours and hours on end and shot with them. And it turns out that actually guitar straps are freaking amazing rifle slings. They're designed to hold really heavy guitars all day long, comfortably. Some of them have a rapid uh, length adjustment, like pull tab, like tactical rifle slings, and they're super cool. And there are 20,000 of them on Amazon. If you go to your local guitar center, they have 300 in stock. Every material and padded style and width and texture, and there's a million custom makers on Etsy. And it's just, it, it's kind of, what people do with Cerakote to make a gun theirs, man, having a guitar strap on your rifle looks cool as hell. And you still have the QD attachment system, which is reliable and awesome. And so I'm super excited about Desperado. Wow. Yeah, that sounds freaking awesome. Damn, I'm actually really, really impressed cool. with all the stuff that you guys have going on. For anyone who wants to check out Black Collar Arms, what's your website? It is uh, blackcolorarms.com and, you know, Instagram, we're at blackcolorarms and all that stuff. All right, cool. I'm going to take another quick break and talk about Mantis. Do you have any experience with Mantis? Yeah. When Mantis first launched, uh, I did the review of it for the Truth About God. So I 
tested it extensively back then. And I, I've used it a few times on and off since then as well. So yeah, definitely familiar. It's a very cool training tool. And which one did you use? Was it the device that went on your pistol, like the X2? Well, I think it was just a Mantis X back then. It was their like first product release, which yeah, it was the the small one that goes on the Picatinny rail of a pistol. But I, I'm I'm pretty sure I used it on the pick rail of a rifle as well back when I tested it pretty extensively nice. for the review. And what were your thoughts on it? My thoughts were I thought I was going to be a better shooter than it said I was, and it was 100 percent right, and it it really helped me with my clean trigger pull. It works, you know, it's a, it's a simple idea that's that a great training tool to really refine your, your trigger pull, which is everything. Yeah. Well, you are a good shooter. So, you know, we're going to touch upon the truth about guns, but because you write for them, that's also giving you the opportunity to go to all these events. And I get invited to those same events and I'm like, oh, look, it's Jeremy here again. Cool. Hey, buddy. Huh? <laughs> No, <laughs> um, but we've done quite a few events together, but we did do a training at, why am I drawing a blank, that place in Arizona. Uh, Gunsight, Gunsight. Yeah, which I wasn't a fan of. I've, yeah. I've mentioned it before. I just didn't really like <laughs> the, it was a beautiful facility, yeah, I, I, but it just. I know like one, that one dude rubbed you the wrong way for sure. And yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah, he was just like such a jerk to me. And I was like, okay. But you and I were shooting side by side and you had no issues. When we conceived our first child. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you wish, honey. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, either way, it was nice that like, you know, you were right by my side and you were shooting and like you shot very well. I was actually really impressed. And then even when we were sighting in a gun, I mean, you just, I think you had like the best target out of everyone. That's cool that like even you, somebody like you would take this, you know, take the training from Mantis. And the same thing happened to me. I thought for sure, like I'm a firearms instructor. I could shoot really well. I could shoot, you know, bullseyes for days. And yet it still had feedback for me. And I was like, what? You know, and so it Uh, just goes to show that like anyone can benefit from this system, regardless of your experience level. So if you guys want to check out all the stuff that Mantis has to offer, head on over to MantisX.com. Let's talk about the truth about guns. You essentially just write reviews for anything that you feel like, or sometimes I'm assuming you're given assignments on things and you're like, all right, you know, you review a product and then you talk about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's sort of, uh, oh shit, what's that show with Brian Krantz and with the meth and stuff? Um, I like, oh, <laughs> with the meth, um, is it? Yeah, Breaking Bad. Yes, Breaking Bad. yeah. Uh, I would say I am the one who assigns. Uh, You're the one who's what? Uh, who assigns the reviews? But uh, oh, who assigns the reviews? Okay, <laughs> I'm like, listen, um, can you blow your nose? We can't hear with that nasally voice of yours. <laughs> Christ, no kidding. Right. Okay, so I you assign. You so you assign the reviews, and then I'm assuming you get to pick and choose what you want. Then, <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean. We get a lot of incoming, obviously. We love doing reviews for small companies that are starting out. It really gives them some exposure. It is sad when the review doesn't go very well. We are the truth about guns.com. That's the brand. People, the reason the website has traffic is because we write honest reviews of things that we thoroughly test. And we're always diplomatic about it, of course. And if it seems like a one off, like a warranty thing, you know, we'll work with the company first, of course. If it, on the other hand, if if it seems like a design thing, then we basically 
we want when you read the review, and then if you go into the range and you shoot it or whatever, we want the experiences to match. And, and when you get the gun and you get the product and you're like, yeah, like this is exactly what the review said. And it does have the flaw or whatever that the review said. Like, so that, that's the goal. We do all the guns and gear. So that's, and also politics. So I, I mostly focus on the review side stuff. I don't write a lot anymore. I'm mostly on the back end cleaning up other people's articles, uh, facilitating the incoming and outgoing review stuff. Most of it's loans. And yeah, so so mostly behind the scenes these days. And obviously, Blackout Arms takes up a lot of my time. So I do true about guns is on the side at this point. Wow, that's cool. As somebody who has an English degree, English and communications, I do admire somebody with, uh, you know, good grammar and spelling and all that stuff. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm a stickler for that. I, I, I write real good. Yeah, <laughs> real good. And then if anybody wants to check out The Truth About Guns, what is that website? It's thetruthaboutguns.com. We definitely, I mean, it, it's a good resource for firearm-related political news or industry news, as well as reviews. And, you know, it, and, and it's a big website. If you Google, you know, or review for something, if it's on our site, we're going to show up quite near the top at Google. It's been, there were times that we were the number one largest firearm blog in the country where we go up and down between two and three usually these days, but there's, there's a lot of great content on there. And on Instagram, which we don't really care for as much as we should, it's at Gun Truth. And I think we're Gun Truth on YouTube and Facebook and such as well. Okay, cool. And then if anyone wants to follow you specifically, what are the handles for that? <laughs> sure. I am call sign Jeremy on Instagram. And that would be awesome. I don't have any followers. I, I do post regularly, but. Uh, you're like, you're like, they said, if you post it, they will come and I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is being gun industry. Like, I, even though it's my personal page, I, I do post photos of firearms. And a long time ago, I got those warnings from Instagram that said, like, we will never show you on to anyone except for your followers. Mm -hmm. Like when I post something, only people who follow me see that it will never show up in searches. It won't show up in hashtags. If you try to tag me in something, it won't pop up with call sign Jeremy usually until you hit that Y at the very end. Yeah. It won't be in like your search suggestions and stuff. So I, I know it's um, tamped down and I don't really care. I'm not yeah. trying to run my personal Instagram page as a business or anything. But there's always good gun photos up there. There's some bourbon stuff. There's just, you know, random crap. I'm not, you should follow it, but you're not going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, moving on with the rest of the show. So IWI. I'm assuming you have a bunch of experience with IWI. Yes, ma'am. What stuff do you have experience with and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I got one of the first Tavors that came into the country for Truth About Guns Review, and I bought that. I uh, love the Tavors in my safe. I have... Uh, the Carmel, and I've shot a bunch of their other guns as well. They make, you know, rock-solid firearms for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of their stuff. Recently, I, I just get, like, emails. I'm sure you do, like, gun emails and stuff with different deals. And I recently saw a deal for a Masada pistol that was only $340. And I'm like, damn, yeah. that's, that's, like, a quality firearm for less than 400 bucks, And it's just, it's crazy. So if you guys are looking to add another gun... 
I personally like keeping the Masadas for like home defense throughout my house. I have eight guns, seven or eight guns throughout my house. Look, I have a big house, you know, and you just never know what you're doing. I mean, here in my office too, I'm in my my house recording and here in my office, I have a gun just in case, you know, somebody comes into my house while I'm recording. You just never know where you're going to be in your house. So if you guys are looking to add like a really good gun, like a gun that's just reliable, it'll shoot anything that you put through it, definitely check out the Masada pistol. And then on top of that, it's not going to break the bank. So really search for those deals because uh, you could find something. And then even with Christmas coming up, it's a great Christmas gift. So check it out, IWI.us. Again, if you see any accessories, anything in their store, you can use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off. Yeah, I totally agree about the Masada, by the way. When guns come in for review, I like to not look at anyone else's reviews. I like to not look at the price tag. I want to see to get my opinion on it. And then I'll find the price out and stuff later. Mm-hmm. So when I, the Masada is awesome. And then when I looked at what they're selling for online and everything, I was like, oh my, this, this is crazy. Like this is an insane deal. Yeah. I do that same thing. I Well, a lot of times, you know, just like you, I get a lot of the products before they launch, so I don't know how much they are. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, eh, I bet you MSRP is going to be this. And sometimes yes. I am pleasantly surprised. And then other times, you know, I'm just like, oh, what? You guys are selling it for this much for this gun? But yeah, but Masada is like one of those things where you're pleasantly surprised by the price. Politics. What is going on in the world? Today, it's political AF. This week in politics, lots of great news. I'd say it's a week of defeats for the ATF. Last week, a three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled unanimously that the final rule issued by the ATF on firearm receivers is illegal. This echoes the previous ruling of a lower Fifth Circuit Court, which previously vacated the rule. The judges agreed with the lower court and vacated the changes of definitions of frame or receiver, which included the incomplete frames and receivers and changes to make the definition of a firearm include parts kit. The judges wrote, the agency rule at issue here flouts clear statutory text and exceeds the legislative imposed limits on agency authority in the name of the public policy. In other words, they do not have the authority to rewrite law, as we all knew from the beginning. They also include that the ATF cannot criminalize previously legal conduct in common use, as the Heller decision clearly held. ATF will certainly appeal the case to SCOTUS, but unless they take up the case, this could be the end of the frame and receiver rule. Another big defeat for the agency came in the Brace case, Brito versus ATF, in a Texas district court. This case challenges that the rule violates the Administrative Procedures Act because the final rule on braces went far further than the proposed point system in the original version. ATF basically threw out most comments since all braces were considered SBRs under the final version. This violates the law of the APA and how rulemaking changes must occur. Since all persons suffer irreparable harm facing potential persecution under the rule, and the rule itself is likely illegal, Judge Kaxmarik, uh, quite the name, issued an injunction in the case nationwide. Right after that, Palmetto State Armory started selling braced firearms again. 
DOG, of course, is going to appeal, but there are already multiple injunctions on several brace cases, so we'll likely see an appeal to SCOTUS soon, which I don't know. I'm like, so now that there's been like a nationwide injunction, I'm like, cool, can we bring back out our braces? But like, I'm also still kind of on the fence about it because as I mentioned earlier on the show that, you know, it seems like ATF is still coming after people with braces, even given, you know, what is happening legally and that they can't, but they still are, which is like the most screwed up thing ever. But personally, I've been a little bit like uh, on the fence about it. I mean, I don't know. And then who's to say that, like, for those people who are buying from companies such as Palmetto State Armory, you know, guns with braces that they're not going to come after them. Like, I'm curious, like what your thoughts on this are. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, they haven't actually come after anyone except for one person a few years ago uh, that they actually did try to prosecute based on a pistol brace thing. And they got shot down hard in court. And I mean, the, the judge tore them apart for being malicious and it was not good for ATF. So uh, that is... To my knowledge, the only actual prosecution, certainly ATF is still sticking to their guns in the like PR department and saying, you know, standing behind their, their ruling. I can't, as you know, a manufacturer and whatever, I obviously can't give like legal advice. I can tell you my personal opinion is that I don't care, uh, especially now with the injunction. Mm -hmm. I will have a brace firearm if I want to. I you know, I don't want to be the test case. Like I have kids, I don't have time to go be in court or anything, but yeah. so that's they got of... shot down so hard last night. They, I think they are purposely not going after people because the second they do, the second they prosecute that, it goes into court. There is a bunch of second amendment legal funds, like, you know, second amendment foundation and gun owners of America and all of these places that will represent you on the house because they are supporting the second amendment and donations from people like us support that that case is going to get shot down and it's going to help overrule this brace shenanigan crap so Mm -hmm. i think that's why they aren't actually legally pursuing people for it so personally i say ignore it but that is not legal advice and you should follow whatever the law is today although it's like we don't even know what the law is i mean the law says that we can but you know it's like so many gray areas still. And like you, I don't want to be used as like an example. And that's why I'm like, it'd be so easy for them to use somebody who has, you know, quite the following and and make an example out of. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with that. But then again, I'm yeah. like, I also hate that you even have to ask for permission, you know, tiptoe around things. Like if I was not in the position that I was in, I'd be like, yeah, like anybody who's like, you know, not putting themselves out there in the public eye, like I would have fun with it. I would do whatever the hell I wanted. Not saying that I'd break law, yeah. but you know, take that with a grain of salt. So I yeah. think the, the the real hope in that going to trial would be actually just getting short barreled rifles completely removed from any sort of special scrutiny. We're the only country in the world that treats short barreled rifles differently. Mm-hmm. There is no reason for them to be highly regulated. They should not be under the National Firearms Act of nineteen thirty four. You know, that stuff was because of gangsters like sawing off their shotguns and whatever and sawing off their like their bars, their BARs and having them under their trench coats and stuff. There has there is zero evidence that SBRs are uniquely dangerous. Uh, there's millions of them in people's hands. No one's ever used one. There, there's, you know, 
it's a right goal, whatever, get over it. Like, yeah. It, so that would be the hope of the pistol bracing would be like, okay, A, you're doing this pistol brace enforcement and rules completely illegally outside of, you're not allowed to create laws and you are I'm talking about the ATF, right? And then also B, why are we regulating these things anyway? No one else on the planet does. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely agree. And then one more piece of good news. So SCOTUS agreed to take up the bump stock case, Garland versus Cargyle, as well as First Amendment case for the NRA. Both of those will likely be heard sometime next year. So altogether, I'd say a pretty successful week for, you know, Second Amendment. Finally, some wins. So it's you know, it's good. Yep. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like the simple way to contest that all down, ATF is supposed to enforce the law. Obviously, there's a little bit of interpretation that they're allowed to do because they read the law, they say, okay, that means this and we're going to enforce it, but they can't create laws. And that's essentially what the courts have been saying they've been doing. They've been taking the 1968 Gun Control Act and adding so much to it with the frames and receivers and the pistol braces. That's the APA thing. They're, you know, totally illegal. So that's why they're getting shot down. Yeah, absolutely. This segment is brought to you from Rose by Sig Sauer. Today, I'm here with Cheryl. And Cheryl, I'm really excited to spend some time with you. Unfortunately, I didn't really get to spend that much time with you at the retreat. But after hearing your story on the first day, you know, when we were going around introducing ourselves and what you shared with us, I definitely wanted to get to know you more. Do you mind sharing that story with listeners and what brought you to the SIG retreat? So, um, I am part of an organization um, which is called Concerns of Police Survivors. And um, to be a part of that organization, you've had to lose a loved one, an officer in the line of duty as a law enforcement officer. And so my son was shot and killed um, July 13th of 2009 as a uh, sheriff deputy. And um, he had served in the military and he had served in um, as a game warden here in Texas as well, but went to the sheriff's department when he was shot and killed two months later. And so I was on, I've been on the local board. We, it's a national organization. We have 55 chapters in the United States and I have served on my local board for quite a while, actually since my son's death, basically. So 14 years, I've been a part of this organization. And being that on the uh, local level, I was ready to do something different. And so I ran for the national board and I became a Western region trustee on the national board. And in serving in that position, the executive director uh, got an email from SIG who contributes. Um, They do a lot of sponsorships for concerns of police survivors. So um, they sent an email to our executive director and she in turn um, sent the email to me and said, I would like you to attend this retreat. And um, so I did. And to my understanding, you had never shot a gun before, correct? No, I had shot a gun. Um, I had. um, I was doing private investigation when my son, uh, well, before my son was uh, shot and killed. So I had been a private investigator for two years prior to his death. And so um, I had, yes, I had my carry, my concealed carry license. So I, I did carry it sometimes okay. as a private investigator. And did you carry it after your son 
passing away, which I'm really sorry no. to hear about your son. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, actually, I didn't. When he was uh, shot and killed, it kind of mentally, I don't know, for whatever reason, at that point, I just didn't pick it up anymore. Yeah, I understand. I Some of the listeners know this. I don't think you know this, but my mom passed away 11 years ago and it was due to a horrible accident. And one of the things that I had to do kind of facing a fear was taking a medical class. And I knew that, you know, taking a medical class was something that I should know, like I should know how to render aid on somebody, you know, if I had to use a tourniquet or a chest seal or something like that. But I was always so scared to, I guess, take the class because I thought like, well, what if I find out that there are ways that I could have saved my mom? And, you know, and I don't know if I could live with that. So I mean, completely somewhat different, but it's still like, you know, taking like you develop a fear and then you kind of, you know, face that fear. With that said, I mean, what was your experience with the Rose Retreat? Do you feel like you sort of, you know, like it made you like kind of get back into possibly, you know, using and carrying a gun? Did it not have an effect on you at all? I'm just kind of interested to hear what your experience was. Um, you know, the first time when we went to the range and I shot the gun, it brought out some emotion that I didn't know was in there and and I didn't know was going to happen. But uh, getting past that, I really enjoyed learning how to, I guess, to not only shoot the gun properly, because uh, my son had taught me how to shoot the gun and do, do all of that initially, but I had learned, you know, safety and all of that kind of stuff, which he didn't show me. I mean, mm-hmm. he was law enforcement and, and military, and he didn't even think about, you know, he just he just said, Mom, this is how you do it. This is pretend there's a nickel up there on top of the, you know, and yeah. where the siding is and doing, I mean, and all that kind of stuff. And he didn't really go through any safety features at all Mm -hmm. and so and so i really liked that part i thought that was important for me to learn yeah and i'm sure you know by having safeties it probably makes you a little bit more comfortable you know using the firearm and realizing that you know at the end of the day we are going to be our biggest safeties and you know as long as you know you know how to use the safeties accordingly or even just the basic you know four fundamentals of, of using a gun a lot of accidents can be avoided because of that. Did you, aside from safety, was there anything else that you learned? Gosh, now it's been a while. You know, I don't know. We did a lot of stuff together. And so um, I made some great new friends and I became more comfortable with holding the gun and shooting the gun. And, you know, because it being, you know, you have to realize it, it had been like, 14 years since I had even like picked up a gun. Yeah. You know, so I just learned a lot about how to, yeah, there was different kinds of carry. There was different, you know, different outfits, different like backpacks and, and all of that kind of stuff. So they showed us uh, the different um, clothing and stuff like that, that now it makes it very easy for a woman to carry because uh, it's, you know, it's always kind of been, where do you put your gun, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you don't really want to walk around with it on your person unless, you know, so people can see it. Um, you kind of want it somewhat concealed. And so 
you know, we went through all of that stuff as well. And I thought that was important to learn as well. Yeah, absolutely. And wrapping up, Cheryl, for anybody who wants to join or get involved with concerns of police survivors, what is their website or how could they join or, you know, possibly sponsor or donate to that organization? So the best way to do that is to get in touch with our national office. So it's Concerns of Police Survivors, and they can just go to our website. There's all kinds of help and assistance there that they can find, or they can reach out. There's email addresses for all of our staff and that they can reach out to one of them. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. And we're going to carry on with the rest of the show. If you guys are interested in finding out more about the Sig Rose, just head on over to sigsour.com forward slash Rose. That's R-O-S-E. And you can join the Facebook community. You can learn more about the retreats and learn more about the P365 firearm as well. I hope you all are enjoying the interviews from women that attended the Rose retreat. I'll continue with the next round of interviews next week. This week, though, I wanted to do a giveaway. So, and like I mentioned in the last episode that I'd be doing a giveaway, I'm going to give away a Sig Rose blanket, which is something that I just looked on the website this morning and you cannot purchase online. I'm also including a Rose tumbler, some stickers, and a notebook. All you have to do to enter the giveaway is listen to next week's episode and listen for the catchphrase. Once I mention that, you're going to head on over to gunfunny.com email me with the catchphrase. Obviously, I'll have your you know first and last name, and then you're going to be entered into a drawing, and I'll announce the winner the following Monday, which will be December 4th. And Jeremy- I'm like six people listening to this, so you got pretty good odds. Oh, right. I was- <laughs> that's real cute. But I do think that a lot of people will be like, oh, that's cool. There's going to be so many people that enter this, but I think you guys would be surprised. So definitely, you know, just put yourself out there and definitely enter because I do think that the odds of winning are going to be pretty good. In the meantime, if you guys haven't heard of Sig Rose, definitely check it out. Lena Mikalek and Sig Rose joined forces to create not just a line of firearms and products, but a community for women. They also offer retreats, which include accommodations, entertainment, dining, transportation, firearms, ammunition, everything that you need to have a great time. You'll receive Range Time with Lena, where she teaches you how to shoot and gives you lots of tips and tricks. They don't have a retreat scheduled right now as they just finished a retreat in Chicago, but they will be adding more to the schedule. In the meantime, if you're looking for a great Christmas gift, check out the Sig Rose available in 380 and 9mm. When we're absolutely eating it up and also ladies join the community Facebook group. And then also right before the show started, Jeremy, you told me that uh, your girlfriend's doing something really cool. So you guys got the entire package, you know, with the Sig Rose, with that purchase that comes in this huge box. It includes snap caps, magazines, speed loader, all kinds of stuff. And then on top of that, you also, there's a little QR code where you scan it and then you get a bunch of online classes taught by Lena. And your girlfriend is doing that now and she doesn't have a lot of experience So you guys are going to see how far she could take it with really minimal experience taking these classes and what she learned from that. And so far, how long has she been doing this and how is it going? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it it took me like 20 minutes to convince Ada that I have a girlfriend. But once we got past that hurdle, (laughs) um, she's the prime demographic for Sig Rose. 
and I've carried a 365 as my daily or a couple of different ones um, for years, like since it came out. It's a fantastic gun. Uh, I've got her a Rose 380. And so she shot while she was a kid. She shot with her dad and stuff. Uh, we went to the range for fun as one of our early dates. And she wants to be able to defend herself and her house. And she wants to actually start to carry once she's comfortable. And the whole Rose program is like, I was like, that's you're who this is made for. So we got her that uh, just a few months ago, and she's been going through all of the video series with Lena, learning everything and practicing and dry firing, loading and unloading with the snap caps. Uh, I think she is on the Facebook community as well. And then we will hit the range very soon. Haven't done it yet. We've just been busy. But I, I basically want to see where she gets to completely self-led with what comes with the roads. And then she's going to write about that particular box to the whole experience. At that point, I hope the next thing that we do is, is send her to a retreat where she'll get all the training and everything else that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, write about that. Okay, now where am I having had some professional training? And then after that, I'm going to get her as much training as I can. Uh, you know, different instructors going to things like what you talk about at Gunsight and, and hopefully getting some one-on-one tactical self-defense kind of training and, and then see where she gets on that. And at the end of this, when she's super proficient, badass, writing hey like the rose program got me to you know six out of ten or something and it was self-led completely self-driven it was enough instruction to be comfortable proficient i want her opinion on how it works and, and so far it's awesome um and also that that rose 380 is badass it's a great little gun yeah absolutely so guys if you want to check out more about the sig rose head on over to sigsour.com forward slash rose Caldwell. Jeremy, this is where I run into you often is through Caldwell events. Uh, you work pretty closely with American Outdoor Brands, which is the big umbrella that Caldwell is under. And I'm assuming you have quite a bit of experience with Caldwell products, their targets, their bags, all kinds of stuff. I'm sure we all do, right? Uh, yeah, I know. I think people would be surprised that you didn't own a Caldwell product if you, you know, if you're into guns. Because 100%. They kind of have, I mean, everything covered. They make bipods. They like everything. Like they kind of have their hands in everything. And so, okay, just with that said, what are a few of your favorite products? Um, you know, I've used their clay launchers for a really long time. They have simple ones. They have fully automated ones. Yeah, uh, they have as, really of, as of ones, recently. That's always a ton of fun. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, some of their like, cleaning products and their um, gun bags and rests, uh, their steel targets. I have a lot of Caldwell steel. Uh, I mean, the, the whole range, like it's, they're so pervasive in the firearm market. It, it's, they have products in every category that they're just uh, one of those go-to companies. And, and they, I mean, you know, they're, they're always well-priced and, you know, even back just growing up when I obviously paid full retail at the store for everything I got instead of like wholesale and whatever. Mm -hmm. Caldwell, you knew it was going to work and it was always priced extremely well. So I, mm -hmm. there's always been Caldwell stuff here. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys want to check it out, caldwellshooting.com. If you find something you want to buy, use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word. That's going to get you 10% off. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? 
Find out now. Glock has released the G49 Gen 5 MOS model now to the commercial market. And I got to say, Glock is very similar to the iPhone. I mean, it's like, oh, what's new? It looks the same. It's just slightly bigger. It has more cameras. I mean, obviously the Glock doesn't have cameras, but, you know, I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm like, am I going to keep up with all these new models, you know, all the numbers and stuff? But this one's kind of cool. They essentially came out with something that people have been piecing together themselves over the last few years. It's essentially, you know, like if you were to buy a Glock 17 and a Glock 19, most people own both. And then if you were to put the Glock 17 slide on the Glock 19 frame, and this is kind of what a lot of people wanted because you have that longer barrel, so you have the benefit of less recoil, longer sight radius, higher velocity with a longer barrel, coupled with a grip that tucks in your body easily, you know, if you were to carry it. Because typically it's the grip that always sticks out and that's the part that's like hardest to conceal. Uh, so yeah, they finally came out with the Glock 49 that gives you the model straight from the factory so that you don't have to sort of pick and choose and play around with parts. Have you had any um, experience with this being that you get your hands on so many guns early on? I have not shot the 49, but I have shot 17 slides on 19 frames. And that has been a configuration people have wanted for a super long time. So yeah, it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. Glock is dead nuts reliable. It's the brand that most people trust most that like, you know, get paid to carry a gun to use professionally. Yeah. Glock. <laughs> yeah. Glock is, I mean, Glock's reliable. It's, you know, I, I don't think it's like my favorite gun out there. It's something that I started off with when I was new and it's a great beginner gun, I think, you know, because there's not like a ton of buttons or are like... They a, are they a sponsor? This no. News? Nope, they're not a sponsor. This is a news. You, you could say okay. the fuck you want. Cool. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'd say Glock isn't like my favorite gun out there, but it definitely works. It's reliable. And I usually, you know, put a lot of beginner shooters on it because there's not a lot of like different features. There isn't that takedown lever that seems to, you know, confuse a lot of new shooters and stuff. So it's like a good solid gun to learn on and then also to use for you know, for anything because it's reliable and you could put anything through it very similar to like the Masada pistol. It's totally true. That's funny what you said it that way because I actually, I made a video about, it was like, why do people shoot? There was the truth about Glock. Yeah. And they were insulted by it and pulled the advertising contract from the truth about guns. But, you know, <laughs> that's how we roll. And, and for, I thought it was a compliment. But I was like, Glock is made as simply and as basic as possible. It doesn't look good. It's not even like super ergonomic, but the thing works and it shoots and it works every time. And that's why, like, if you're in a hostile environment, if you are carrying a gun for, you know, your defense or whatever, like it's a Glock in those people's holsters. Um, You're not buying it for features. They don't, they put the minimum amount of like machining into the slide as possible. It is utilitarian to the max, but it works. And they were like, for you, you know, and they, they pulled a whole year, multiple years of advertising from the website. But that's why, like, the GTAG is very rarely even had firearm manufacturers as advertisers because we never want that conflict. But that, I mean, that's how this site is run. If, if we are going to say our honest opinion, if they got butt hurt, like, yeah, that's their problem. We have cost ourselves so much money and, you know, burned a lot of bridges. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I would hope that. 
you know, everybody speaks the truth. Like even for myself, you know, if I pick up a sponsor, which Glock is not a sponsor of mine, but, you know, any of the manufacturers or companies that I work with, if there's a product that I don't like, I'm not pushing it. So anything that I'm pushing, I specifically like I love my name is behind it. I'm backing it up. And that's kind of crazy because like Glock, you know, like you said, it's when you pull the trigger, it's going to go boom. Like I've had very few people come to me and they're like, oh, I've had so many issues with my Glock. And usually it's because of user error, unfortunately. But, you know, I mean, it's a reliable gun. It's not pretty. And like you said, it's kind of like, you know, it, it offers very few features. Only recently did they finally start making guns, offering Glocks that, you know, were even like optic ready. And, you know, it is what it is. But that does crack me up. <laughs> Yeah, 49 is great, though. I'm, I'm sure it's going to do well. Yeah. I mean, cool. if you think about it, though, like Polymer 80, like a few years ago, they came out with essentially uh, that frame. They, you know, where it was longer slide and, you know, like the right. 17 slide with the Glock 19 frame. Yeah. I mean, like lone voltage and doing that since 2007 or something. Yeah, um, true. But there's a reason why the, in, like, practically the entire aftermarket pistol industry especially you know building frames and slides and stuff it's all glock compatible like yeah everyone did glock yeah. so yeah and, uh, there's entire companies like lone wolf that started and exist or existed for a long time like just making aftermarket parts for glock so, absolutely you know. yeah smith and wesson If you guys are in the market for a new EDC, check out the Shield Plus and 30 Super Carry. This is another gun that I've been seeing pop up that I've seen for like, I want to say $250, $260. But on top of that, Smith & Wesson is also offering a rebate, $50 rebate on Shields. So I'm like, dang, this is, I mean, that's a hell of a deal. And 30 Super Carry, it hasn't caught on as much as I would like it to, but it's definitely it has its perks. I would definitely use it for self-defense. You know, no questions asked. It's great. What's great about the 30 Super Carry version is it holds extra rounds. So 20% more rounds depending on the gun. So when we're talking about the shield, it's, you know, 13 rounds in the flush mag, 16 rounds in the slightly extended mag, which is great for such a small compact gun. And then the gun itself, optic ready, comes with night sights as the new flat face trigger, which I'm a fan of. And then you can get it with or without the thumb safety. And then also what's great is uh, we're starting to see a lot more 30 super carry ammo on the shelves. And there's not that many guns out there that can shoot 30 super carry. So I have to believe like if something happens and ammo becomes, you know, kind of scarce again, you're kind of going to have like a an edge over a lot of people that aren't running out buying 30 super carry but yet it'll be available so just putting it out there if you guys want to check it out head on over to smith-wesson.com and jeremy i love how you decided to be like i agree like don't even try to copy me but you know what like that is kind of <laughs> that is kind of something like think about back in 2020 like everybody that was like we made fun of 40 or you know what other caliber yeah. is it that a lot of people don't like well, but like they were able to get ammo and us who you know shoot nine millimeter it was like freaking gone everywhere <laughs> right and 2008 and all of the other times that the yes. big runs on ammo and I, I get it there's there's two arguments most people that i hear saying are like 
nope. man, the zombie apocalypse, like everyone's going to have five, five, six in their garage and nine millimeter. I'm going to be able to, you know, find it in like behind trees everywhere. And, and that's true. I guess in the zombie apocalypse, you're going and finding ammo in people's homes. Yeah. But what actually happens like every eight years or whatever is runs on ammo in the U S where there is nothing in the shelves. There's nothing online, but all those unique calibers those stay. So yeah, you know, six, five Creedmoor and 40 S and W and 30 super carry. Those are things that you could find throughout a lot of those ammo panics. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So not only is it a more likely scenario, I mean, it keeps happening. So. Yeah. And not to mention 30 super carry is a hell of like, it's a great round. I don't know if you've used it or shot it, but like, I'm just really impressed with it. And I hope that more manufacturers jump on board and create guns that are chambered in this because it's a good round. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, Grand Theft Toilet. Four men were recently charged for stealing a toilet, which happened four years ago. So you're thinking like, well, we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've had some low points in my life. I've never like, hey, guys, let's steal a toilet. Not just a like standalone toilet, but an actual installed functional toilet. So now you're like, what the hell? Like, what kind of drugs were these guys on? They probably weren't on any drugs, actually. They were probably totally in their right mind because the reason for this is this toilet is made from 18 karat gold. It was stolen from the Blenheim Palace, the country mansion where Winston Churchill was born. The toilet was installed artwork and it's $5.95 million. They called it America and was a satire piece about excessive wealth by an Italian artist, Maurizio Catalan. Hopefully I said that right. But it was previously installed in the Guggenheim as well. Since being installed in this palace, so it's fully functional and it was available for visitors to book three-minute appointments with up until it was stolen right. in 2019, which I have to laugh. I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about, okay, one, okay, I get why the toilet was stolen, but like, two, like, okay, that's weird that you could book three-minute appointments with it so you could actually use the toilet, which I mean, three minutes, depending on what you have to do could be really long or really short. <laughs> I mean, I could just imagine people, how many selfies were taken on that toilet. <laughs> and also I'm like, how much were they charging for these sessions? But anyway, so since it was plumbed in the palace, its removal caused, I guess, significant damage and flooding to the 18th century building. Evidence linking them to the toilet, yeah, wasn't disclosed, but police said that they don't expect to recover the toilet, which I have to imagine is no longer in, you know, one condition. I'm sure that what they did was, you know, they broke the toilet apart and are selling it off piece by piece. So kind of sad that, you know, that piece of artwork. I, I, I don't think so. You think? I, I totally disagree. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the story says it's made out of 18 karat gold. But it's not. It's plated. I, I, I did the math because, you know, I, I do material science stuff. And yeah. I don't know if you know, gold is actually twice as dense as lead. So if you have like a part made of lead and you have a part made of gold, that gold part weighs twice as much. I was like, how much would a gold toilet weigh? First of all, $6 million worth of gold actually isn't that big. It's not enough to make a toilet. <laughs> if you made the toilet out of solid gold, it would be like 225, or no, I'm sorry, 
it would be 800. I wrote this down, 800 and something pounds, 815 pounds. Well, it, so it it's was not a solid gold toilet. They did say it was 800 pounds. They did? Yeah. I read that somewhere that it was 800 pounds. What? No, I, I read like four articles and I couldn't find anything. But also 800 pounds of gold is worth, uh, it's worth like $18 million. Interesting. Huh. So it, it can't be solid gold. I mean, that just goes to show, you know, this is this is why you guys have to tune into the truth about guns and other media outlets that actually offer the truth, because it just goes to show that when you read something in the media, you know, a lot of the information. Yeah. Oh, falls. I remember. That's where I got that 200 pound number. They claim that art is worth six million dollars. Right. But six million dollars is only 200 pounds of gold. If you made that toilet, it would be over 800 pounds. So Interesting. it's just plated. You know, they value who knows what the value of art is. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's it seems like shitty art to me. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a selfie on a gold plated toilet. You know, yeah. I would do it for the gram. That's always my go to when my kids are like, I want a pony. I always say, Well, I want a toilet made out of solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from Austin Powers. Like, but yeah, th there's yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think it's just plated. They electroplated a regular toilet. Modern art is retarded. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nothing about that story is true. Nothing is true. The value of the toilet is not true. I mean, they, the only part that probably the, is the true. The inference that it's gold isn't true. Okay, but the part where they probably stole it is true. Yeah. And now Some poor, idiot poor stole people. It. I guarantee you, if they like try to chop a chunk off of it, it's aluminum or porcelain or whatever underneath a layer of gold and they're like oh crap. yeah they're like well dang now we we messed up the toilet so we can't even sell this toilet to some millionaire who wants to sit on a gold-plated toilet <laughs> all right well there you have it truth bomb franklin armory Franklin's Armory, they came out with the new binary trigger for Glocks. I have one. Pretty freaking awesome. It's called the G-S17-3. It includes a new slide with optic cuts. Uh, the trigger, the slide has a selector so that you can have it at standard or binary mode so you're not, you know, stuck with one or the other. Really cool. Check it out. FranklinArmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Makes for a good Christmas gift also. And now it's time to wrap up. So oh, I really all, all this non-binary stuff has gotten out of control. So I'm glad Franklin Armory is coming. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. So now it's time for iTunes review. So normally, Jeremy, I would have you choose one, but actually, my last guest, Felipe, he is giving away a AccuTech bipod. And it's just the first 10 reviews that I get are going to be entered into this drawing to win. The first review is one underscore white underscore ton. Great show. Five stars. Always enjoy listening to the podcast. It makes Mondays better. Enjoy seeing pictures of your fishing trip. If you guys want to check that out, I posted some pictures on Instagram. Second is Tacticute. That's cute. I uh, love the podcast. Five stars. Love to see a female podcaster in the gun world. One of my favorite shows to listen to in my spare time. Keep up the great work, Ava. It's always great to hear from another female. And then also, guys, so that's two reviews. We need eight more. And once I have a total of 10, I'm going to enter you guys into a drawing and you're going to win the AccuTech bipod, which is phenomenal. 
Now it's time to wrap up. Yeah, those are super high end. I know. Yeah, I know what the reviews are going to be. They're, they're going to be like, please never have a sick person on the show again. I couldn't listen to that. It made me queasy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, between you and I, like both of us, I'm like, this has been a little bit of a struggle, but I think overall it's going to come out to be a good show. And then listen, Jeremy, with the AI stuff that they offer now, I'll put this into an AI some sort of no, like editor and no it, you'll sound okay i think you're gonna sound better than you thought maybe you actually send my uh, i think i sound sexy i, I like uh, it i mean this uh, also i'm glad i didn't have to get dressed for this because it's a podcast dude, so i will get so out of my true. mouth any minute true and i mean i hate to say it but you definitely don't you know this isn't phoebe from friends episode so i don't know how sexy you sound but also <laughs> guys if you enjoy the show and you want to support it consider becoming a Patreon. Head on over to gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link. We're doing our secret Santa uh, within the the Patreon community. And that's always a lot of fun. Also want to thank the $25 Patreons, Say Colster, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, William Nave, and then of course, King of the Patreon, Jon Snow. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me. Even though you're kind of on your deathbed, I do really appreciate it. Hopefully you, you know, you get better soon. Uh, sorry if this show made your voice even worse, but I do appreciate it. And I'm sure so do the listeners. Remind us once again. Yeah, where- if, my, if I lose the entirely, my girlfriend will be thankful. So I'll have to send you a card. <laughs> yeah. Remind us once again. Can, where I, people- can I plug my OnlyFans real quick? Yes. Yeah. Plug anything that you want. I'm just kidding. No, I know you have an OnlyFans. I don't have an OnlyFans. You do I, have I, an OnlyFans. I legit tried to sign up. I, I For Black Collar Arms, I tried to sign up for an OnlyFans. I did the whole verification photos of my driver's license, everything, and they rejected it. But I wanted to do boudoir photo shoots of firearms. I thought it'd be really fun. And so actually, I have a, a handful of boudoir photos like of some of the guns that we built, but I, I wasn't allowed to start an OnlyFans page for that. So boohoo. Oh, that's, well, you know what? Maybe Patreon would allow you to do it. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, you got to make that money somehow. I don't know if, you know, yeah. got to afford that, that medicine. Free. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and tell us, you know, Black Collar Arms, Truth About Guns, and then your own Instagram handle. Cool. Yeah. BlackCollarArms.com and it's at BlackCollarArms on Instagram. TruthAboutGuns.com. The TruthAboutGuns.com. We are the one of the biggest and best firearm related blogs for news, politics, and definitely for fair reviews. At gun truth on Instagram for that. And I'm on Instagram as at call sign Jeremy. All right, perfect. Well, thanks again, Jeremy. And listeners, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, I'd love a sympathy follow. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> thanks, I'll, I'll see you guys. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.